Luke chapter 11 to start this morning. We're actually going to spend most of our time in Matthew chapter 6 and this similar passage. Uh, I just like Luke chapter 11 um, and the way it's phrased and put here for us. And then we'll switch over to Matthew 6 for pretty much the rest of the sermon um, covering the same topic. Today we are looking at God is my Father. Um, it is Father's Day and, uh, and there's a lot in the Bible about God is my Father, probably more than what we're going to talk about today. Actually, I know it's more than what we're going to talk about today, um, but there's probably more I was going to talk about today that I'm not sure that I can remember the references on, so we may not talk about them. But nonetheless, um, we're going to look at God as my Father. I believe next week we're going to go ahead and do one more Who is God sermon, um, and then the following week we're going to transition to missions for June the 30th on through July, um, and actually the first week of August as well. Uh, we're going to focus on missions, and I'm looking forward. Uh, I, I cannot, uh, I don't think I can explain exactly how much I love to talk about missions and how much I love that our church loves missions. And uh, I think this month of July is going to be just, I, I'm really, really excited about it and uh, looking forward to what the Lord has for us there. But today we're going to talk about God is uh, my Father in Luke chapter five, 11, excuse me, starting in verse number 5. It says, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, uh, and who shall, uh, I'm sorry, and uh, which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, uh, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is, uh, and in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are uh, with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though uh, he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Now this passage is talking about prayer. Uh, look in verse 9, it says, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he ask, uh, shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Now, I know this passage is all on prayer. We'll talk about prayer this morning. But I want us to really focus in on our Heavenly Father, who God is. You think of, I don't know maybe what your relationship is with your father. Uh, mine is, is very close. It has gotten closer the older I've gotten. Um, I would say I was probably closer with my mom as a young child. Um, and up until, you know, that high school, middle, maybe middle school, um, age started to kind of transition to becoming closer to my father, and uh, and into uh, today I'm very close with my father. As a matter of fact, we're so close that that just last week he called me and he said, uh, "Vince, you'll be happy to know I finally listened to you." Hey, see now we're getting somewhere. Um, I gave him some advice and he listened to me, so we're we're getting we're getting somewhere. Um, I love my dad. My dad is uh, is uh, very influential in my life. But we look at who God is, you know, God is the perfect example for so many things for us in our life. And when you think about a relationship that's supposed to be between a child and their father, 
we can look at God and understand He is the perfect Father. And uh, with that, we can learn many things from it. In this passage, it's talking about prayer, and it's saying that if you, uh, being a, a wicked person, know how to give good things to your children, imagine, or I, I, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, how much more your Heavenly Father, the one who is perfect, in this case, says we'll give the Holy Spirit to them that ask, but there's more than just that that God gives us because He is our Father if we are God's child. Having God as a Father brings so much, and it means so much. And today I pray that we can learn and be reminded of those things. Lord, I need your help this morning. I'm in desperate need of your help this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, use uh, this vessel uh, to present your word. Lord, I pray that it would be correct. God, I pray that you would clear my mind. I pray that you would clear um, all that has happened. Lord, I pray that you would just now help us to focus, Lord, on your word that we can learn. It's amazing and humbling to think that you acting as my Father, that you acting as our Father, Lord, you do so much for us. Lord, today I pray that today would be an encouragement uh, as we look into your Word. God, I pray that we would be challenged, we'd be reminded and motivated to live more for you today. And Lord, if there is someone here that is not your child, I pray that today they would be. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to look at a number of things. Let's turn over to Matthew chapter 6. Like I said, I really like that passage in Luke, and, and I probably could have preached from Luke. Um, but uh, when it comes to the Sermon on the Mount Matthew chapter uh, in Matthew, I really enjoy what all we can learn from it. And that's what we're looking at in Matthew chapter 6 as part of Christ's sermon as he preaches uh, on the Mount. And I want us to look, first of all today, uh, number one, that God is a Father that I can go to. Um, I, again, I'm very fortunate in my life with the relationship I have with my parents, and I understand that not everybody in this world has that same relationship. Um, there was never a time in my life where I did not feel like I could go to my dad or my mom, uh, for that matter, with anything. Any issue that was going on, any fear I had, any concern I had, any problem I had, I always felt like even if, they, if I knew there was going to be a consequence to it, I could go to my parents. It's great to know that no matter what our earthly parents are like, that God is a Father that we can always go to with everything that we have. Look in Matthew 6 and verse number 8. Um, I believe this is right again. I'm scribbling down some stuff just a few moments ago before the service. So if we have to jump around at some verses, we'll do that today. But in verse number 8, I believe it says, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what, ye have, what things ye have need of before you ask. Uh, that's not the verse I wanted. Go to verse 6. Uh, we'll come to verse 8 in just a moment. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou shut, hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. They all work. All these verses are going to work for every point that we give today. Uh, but God is a Father that I can go to when I have need. In this passage, it's talking about prayer again. And in this case, it's saying don't go out uh, um, uh, braggingly, uh, braggadaciously, is that a word? I don't know. Out there praying. Don't be trying, don't pray so that people can see you pray. 
Don't be out there screaming from, uh, from the corner of the street praying so that people think you're spiritual. Um, when you pray, pray in secret. Why? Because your Father hears you in secret. Now, when I read this, and I, I'm going to take this out of context this morning, but I believe it's applicable, and if it's, if it's not, then I apologize, and I sincerely mean that. But I believe this verse, I know this verse speaks to me when it talks about this, the fact that in my most private moments, I can go to God with those things. And the things that I'm ashamed of, that I don't want anybody else to know about, I can go to God, and God hears me. The things that I'm embarrassed about, maybe they're not wrong, but I'm just embarrassed about. I can go to God in, in secret, and I know that He hears me. I don't have to tell the church. I don't have to go to the Pope. I don't have to do any of those things. I can go directly to God and know that I'm reaching Him. To me, that's a, a, a huge, huge blessing. Now again, I know that's not the context of this verse, and I apologize for that, but that's what, what has helped me in this verse, uh, along with the challenge of, hey, don't be prideful in your spirituality. That's the context of the message here. Don't be prideful in your spirituality. What, what is spiritual is your relationship with God, and it's between you and Him. But he says in this verse that when, uh, as you pray in secret, your Father uh, hears you. He seeth in secret and shall reward thee openly. God is someone that I can go to. Jeremiah 33.3, our theme verse for the year. Call unto me and I will answer thee. Not only that, I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God says, call and I will answer. You can come to me. When you have a need, come to me. When you have a problem, come to me. When you have a concern, come to me. I will hear you. God is a father I can go to. I don't know if you've ever done something that has disappointed your parents, but you knew you had to go tell them. Um, when I was in college, I did a lot of stupid things in college, but when I was in college, um, I was driving back from church. So me and a group of kids, we went an hour away to church um, every Sunday and Wednesday. And, uh, and on the way back from church in, in Wisconsin, there was this stretch where there was really nothing, basically fields. Um, that was it. There was, no, there was no houses, nothing like that. There were three of us in the car, and we were driving, and, and uh, the guy in the passenger seat was, was pretending like he was going to shift the car out of gear. I had a stick shift. And, uh, and so he was pretending he was messing with the, the, gear, the gear shaft and joking around with it. And I was joking around, well, man, you're going to kill us, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, fine, I'll just kill us. Now, I know that sounds dark, um, but uh, three college guys uh, driving back. So I pulled over into the left lane. It's a two-lane road. I pull over into the left lane, and I'm just driving down the road in the wrong lane. There were no other cars. I checked my mirror, no other cars. I looked in front of me, no other cars. So we were driving. We're not swerving. Uh, we are going a little faster than the speed limit, which was rather normal for me. But, uh, uh, but outside of that, we weren't out of control, just driving. As we're driving in the left lane in this middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, my headlights glare off of a car parked on the side of the road. It was a police car. <laughs> so the lights flip on. I'll tell you the whole story. The lights flipped on, and I said, do you think we can make the next exit? And he said, pull over. <laughs> 
like, yeah, you're probably right. A little Ford Escort. It wasn't a very fast car. Um, but I thought maybe we could outrun it, but no. Uh, so, so we pull over. And the cop comes in. He thought we were drunk. Um, you know, he, he said, uh, he said, where are you guys going? And I said, we're just headed back from church. <laughs> yeah, I thought that would help. Um, needless to say, he let me ride in his car to the police station and uh, got to, to pay a ticket there on the spot. But uh, nonetheless, I, I knew that the next morning that I needed to call home and let my parents know about it because honestly at that that point in my life I didn't know exactly how it was going to affect everybody but I had a feeling um, they would want to know and uh, so I called and and uh, my dad was actually gone on a trip I didn't realize it when I called I was somewhat thankful for that so I was talking to my mom and I said just so you know I got a ticket last night Um, told her how much it was and she's like man that's a lot yeah it was um, and I said, well, it was a little bit more than speeding. I also got a ticket for driving left of the center. And I told her the whole story, and she was obviously not happy about it. Um, but I let her tell Dad instead of me having to tell Dad. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where you don't want to tell, you know. But uh, obviously, again, it, was, it affected our insurance. When I was on my parents' insurance and everything. And, and uh, I knew it was going to have some kind of effect, so I knew I needed to tell them. I wasn't excited about it. But I also knew that my parents weren't going to say, you're not responsible enough to go to school and come rip me out of college and, and uh, you know, send me to the military or something like that. Uh, I knew that wasn't going to happen. I knew that even though they weren't going to be happy, I could, still, I could still go to them. Not only did I need to, but I could. And with God, there are so many times in our lives where we do things and, and, and we need to go to God. And maybe if we make a mistake at work and we go to our boss, our boss yells at us and screams at us and maybe can fire us if it's something that's fireable. Sometimes we go to our parents and our parents get upset. And you, you remember it as a kid, our parents get upset and, 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 and we, we have to deal with consequences that, that we're terrified of. Maybe, maybe they lose their temper and start yelling at us. My dad wasn't a yeller. He was more of the silent, the silent yell. Uh, with the eyes and the, the size and those kind of things. Um, but, uh, you know, so, so we have some fear in going to, to them with different things, going with other people that we need to talk to about things. But the fact is, is when we come to God, we know it's a, that we can come to Him and we know the reaction that we're going to get from God. Is God disappointed in our sins and our failures? You bet He is. But I know that when I sin and fail, I can go to God. Does, we'll talk about needs and different things here and shortly, but when I have different things, even if I'm, uh, and I, I, I've hated asking for money, my, uh, well, I say my entire life, since I got spanked for asking for money, I've hated asking for money. And when we were starting the church and we were traveling around to churches talking about what we were getting ready to do, I hated it. I hated telling people we need money. I hated when we had a need come up and I had to call someone and say, hey, is there any chance your church could take up an offering to help us out with this? Um, I, I've always, I, uh, for a long time now, I've just, I've, I've despised asking for money, even for a good cause. I just don't like it. Uh, in my jobs as a salesperson, when I was in sales, I hated asking for money. Hey, you want to buy this? Yes, great. Um, can you go ahead and cut a check? I hated that. I'd get calls from my manager at the radio. Hey, these people haven't paid yet. You need to go collect payment. Well, can't somebody else do that? <laughs> like, 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 I mean, come on, seriously? Uh, I, I couldn't stand it. Even now, I go to jobs, and I'll treat their house, and they'll, 
they'll look at me and I'll look at them and they'll just kind of stand there in silence and I'll be like, oh, it's going to be this amount. Oh, okay. They, they know it's coming. They don't care. They're ready for it. But for whatever reason, I hate asking for it. But when I have financial needs, I have no problem going to God. Because God is someone I can go to and I know, I know the response. It's not always going to be yes, by the way. But I know that I'm not going to be shamed. I know that I'm not going to be looked down on. I know that I'm not going to be yelled at and told, no, that's too much. Or the person on the phone told me it was going to be this amount or whatever it is. I can go to God and say, Lord, I have this need. I'm just going to wait on you to provide it for me. God is a father we can go to. Number two, God is a father that knows my needs. Now verse 8. It says, Be not ye therefore, verse, Matthew 6 verse 8, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask them. Again, in, in context here, he's still talking about prayer in this instance. But it's a reminder to us that we can go to God with our needs, knowing that He knows my needs. You know, sometimes it's hard to communicate things to people, at least for me it is, where I, I have this and I, I know what I want to ask, but I don't know how to ask it. Um, and, uh, and God is a God that knows already what my needs are. Now, I still am supposed to ask Him. I'm still, still supposed to go to Him with my needs and talk to God about that, he still desires that from me, but he knows him. Look in verse 32 of the same chapter. Verse 32 says, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. He goes on in verse 33, a familiar verse, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So what this passage again is saying is that you have different needs in your life, but don't be seeking out the the things of the world be seeking the things of God. God knows that you have those needs. You don't need to be a millionaire to, to have those needs taken care of. God knows what you have need of, so go to God with your needs. A father that knows my needs, it's a lot simpler when your father has a relationship with you where he already has an idea of what your needs are. Um, I've seen TV shows or movies or whatever where a, a dad who had not been in his child's life suddenly comes back into the scene and brings a toy or something and the kid's like, I haven't played with that for 10 years or whatever, something to that kind of idea because there was no idea or understanding of what the kid needed anymore. Um, again, I'm thankful in my life with my dad um, he's, he's always known uh, for the most part what I've needed at the time that I needed it. So when I came to him with different things, it, wasn't, it was very rarely a, wait, why would you need that? Uh, most of the time it was, uh, it was still a yes or a no, but there was not a wondering about the need. I've been told you don't need that. I remember purchasing my first car. I had a fair amount of money saved up. My grandmother, when she passed, my dad's mom, when she passed, left each of us some money. And uh, so I had some money in the bank saving specifically for a vehicle. And when I was going to college, and my parents uh, were going to help me get a car, and I really, really wanted a Ford Ranger at the time. 
Um, I knew someone that was selling one. It was a little overpriced, uh, but that's what I wanted. I thought, oh man, it'd be so neat to have that, that little truck. And uh, my dad came in and he said, the Statenboroughs, who lived a few houses down from us, are selling their car. Would you like to purchase it? Now, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, well, you need to know about this car. All right. So it was a 95 Ford Escort, two-door hatchback, had a spoiler on the back, a common spoiler, nothing fancy. Um, originally, the car was red. It was now a faded pink, uh, cranberry-colored car. And uh, my first thought was, I really want the faded red Ford Ranger that's for sale. Same color. I was okay with the color. Um, I just, I want the Ford Ranger. Um, but my dad helped me understand need compared to want. Son, you need a vehicle. This is the one you can get. Do you want it? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, that's the, that's the one I want. That's the one I've always wanted. It's the one I dreamed of. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I purchased the car. See, my dad understood what I wanted, but he also understood what I needed. I needed a dependable vehicle that got decent gas mileage. Back then, when gas was 98, 99 cents a gallon, I could fill up my Escort for $11 at the gas station. Um, fill it up, it would last me halfway to Wisconsin. And uh, it, was, it worked great for school. I wish I would have never gotten rid of it, honestly. Uh, when, we, when me and Katie got our first vehicle as a married couple, we traded at the end and, and we never should have, but nonetheless. My dad understood, this is what you need. You see, God knows what I need. So when I go to him and say, God, I need this, God says, well, no, what you need is this. And he helps me with those needs. To think that the creator of the universe knows what I need, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty neat. God knows exactly. Uh, you know, you pray for uh, when when you're younger. At least I did. Prayed for a spouse. Not as much as my mom prayed for a spouse for me, but I still prayed for a spouse. And uh, you know, and you always had these thoughts of what your life will be, plans for what your life will be, what it'll become. You get married, you'll have a family, whatever. You'll have this job or do this thing or whatever it may be. But God knows what we need. And God gave me a helpmeet. God gave me someone who completes the things that I'm weak in, she is strong in. And so it completes, it helps, it fulfills me as a pastor. I never thought about being a pastor. I didn't think about being a pastor until I was maybe 25. Never thought I'd be a pastor. I actually told people I'll never be a pastor. Um, I had friends in college that called me after I became a pastor. Didn't you say you're never going to be a pastor? Yeah. Um, so the things that I was preparing for when I was looking for a wife at the, the age of 14, <laughs> you know, uh, the things that I was looking for, God knew what I needed. I had friends in my life. I wasn't allowed to date until college, so I had friends in my life, um, you know, that, that I thought, oh, this would be great if we grew up and got married. Um, now I understand why we didn't. God knew my needs, knew what I was going to need. Even today I'm learning new things or new reasons why Katie is the wife that God had for me. God knew my needs and He's providing them for me 
So to know that we can go to God, to know that, that God knows the needs that we have. I, I've said this before, and I said it, I guess, just a few moments ago. But when we go to God and we pray with our needs to understand that God knows truly what your need is, it's pretty special. God is a God... Uh, God is a father that I can go to. God is a God, a father that knows my needs. God is a father that forgives me fully. If you've ever had to ask forgiveness from a parent, it's not easy. Matthew chapter uh, 6, verse 14 says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 1 John 1, 9, If you confess your sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Turn with me to Psalm 102. I hope this is right. Uh, I didn't have time to look it up before. Psalm 102. Um, that's not right. Oh, wait a second. Yes, for Psalm 103. I was close. Uh, Psalm 103, uh, starting in verse 11. For as, high as the heaven, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He, God, removed our transgressions from us. A God that is a Father that forgives fully. Relationships are, um, I think, fickle would be the right word. They can be. Um, there are things that we do that, that hurt relationships. There are things that we do that hinder relationships. There are things that we do that end relationships. All of those things typically are centered around something that I did. Right? If I have a friend growing up that I don't talk to anymore, typically it's because I haven't talked to them. <laughs> right? It's because I haven't picked up the phone or I haven't done whatever. Sometimes we have friendships that something happened. As a young person, high school, middle school, maybe even college, it could come down to a, a relation, another relationship that, that hurt the relationship. You had a friend, all of a sudden you met this new person, um, and you start hanging around with this new person because they were prettier than him. And, uh, and so as a guy, you have guy friends, you meet a girl. If you're not catching the drift here, she's prettier. I'm going to hang out with her more than I'm going to hang out with him. He's like, this is stupid. Why am I being left out at the dry? And the relationship kind of ends. There are other things that we do that, that because we've wronged someone, we don't talk to them anymore. They don't talk to us because they wronged us. We don't talk to them anymore. They don't talk to us. With God, the relationship that we have with Him, if we are His child, is, is such a special child and uh, it's a special relationship. Verse 13 of Psalm 103 says, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear Him. The relationship that we have with God as our Father is such a unique relationship and to know that when we come to Him, when we have sinned, when we have wronged Him, when we have hurt Him, when we have shamed Him, He still says, I forgive you. Not only does he say, I forgive you, he says, as far as the east is from the west, I've put it away from us. No matter when a person says, I, I, I forgive you, they're always going to remember it. They're always going to bring it up. They're always going to, at some point in life, say, hey, you remember when you did this? We would like to think that we could forget when someone's hurt us, but oftentimes, even if we've forgiven them, we don't, we don't forget it. I've had people in my life that I've forgiven, 
But every time I see their picture pop up on Facebook, I kind of growl a little bit. Have I forgiven them? That's, that's the question. But we just have a really hard time of truly forgiving, letting it go, saying it's over with. God, on the other hand, does not have that problem. He says, I forgive you. I, I have completely let go of that. It is now behind us. My dad's told me that before. Vince, this is now behind us. Well, that's, that's helpful because that means we can now move forward. Um, God is a God that, as a father, that forgives us fully. And by fully, I mean fully, 100% forgiven. It's done with. Move on. I know I've mentioned this in other sermons before, but too many people drag their past sins along in a little pity party. Well, now I can't do this, or uh, now uh, I'm sure God doesn't love me. I'm sure that I'm not welcomed in a church. I'm sure I'm not whatever because of this stuff that's happened in my past. The church roof would crumble in if I walked in the door. I've heard that too many times to count. God says, if you've asked me to forgive you, I've forgiven you. Let go of it. Move on. Go forward. God is a Father that forgives us fully. Number four, God is, uh, is a Father that cares about me. Back in Matthew chapter 6, um, verse 28, maybe. Yes, verse 28, good. Uh, it says, And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And I, yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? God cares about me. In this passage, God says he has clothed the lilies, the weeds of the field God has made beautiful. In this case, he compares it to Solomon and says more beautiful than anything that Solomon ever did or had. And in verse 30, when it says, If God so clothed the grass of the field, the stuff that we cut on a weekly basis that dies off, if God cares enough to clothe it, how much more will He care for you? It refers to the birds uh, every, uh, in verse 26. Uh, we look at different things that throughout the Bible that God teaches us. He cares about us. Truly cares about us. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Now think about that for a moment. If God didn't care about you, why would He do that? God cares about me. There are times where, again, we'll kind of sit, sit in our quiet place, alone, sad, saying, nobody loves me. We're the Eeyore of life. Nobody loves me. You know, I used to watch a lot of Winnie the Pooh when my kids were younger. We'd travel when we were raising support to come here. We had Winnie the Pooh that was on a lot in the truck. And, and the more I listened to it, because you kind of tone it out a little bit, you try to, uh, but the more I listened to it, I thought, Eeyore really is a great example of what many people are in this world. He has friends, I know it's just a cartoon, but he has friends that come and try to get them involved and try to invite them to things and things like that. And, well, I'm just, 
all here by myself. Well, no, you're not. you got friends right there trying to help you. <laughs> he keeps losing his tail. His house keeps blowing over. It's a rough life. Things get rough in life, but, but we have someone who cares about us. I wouldn't go so low to say God is our Winnie the Pooh, right? But God cares about us. God comes along and we're sitting there pouting and God says, Hey, I love you. Let's go do something. Well, God, I would go do something, but I'm just all by myself. Nobody wants me to do anything with them. God says, didn't I just say, <laughs> let's go do something? We go through different areas of life where we think nobody cares. Oftentimes when we think no one cares, nobody knows. I've learned that too. So well, nobody cares about what I'm going through. Well, nobody knows what you're going through. I'm not saying, definitely not saying, go out on Facebook and throw it all there. Um, but you have brothers and sisters in Christ who love you, who want to help you any way they can. I understand there are some things that you don't want to share with other people, but, but the Bible teaches us, hey, bring your needs to the church so we can pray over them, so we can help. And oftentimes, I know as a pastor, I've learned this so much more as a pastor, um, where I'll be told they left because, because you didn't ask them about this. Well, I didn't know about that. A lot of times, when we think no one cares, it's simply no one knows. But God does. He already knows my needs. And He's proved to me over and over again in the Bible that He cares about me. God is a Father that cares. God is a Father I can go to. God is a Father that knows my needs. God is a Father that forgives fully. God is a Father that cares about me. Lastly, number five, God is a Father that knows more than your dad. You ever had that little bratty kid? My dad's stronger than your dad. My dad's smarter than your dad. My dad's whatever than your dad. That was a big thing as a kid, at least back in the day. Well, guess what? My heavenly Father is more than your dad. He is. Look in verse 36. Uh, Matthew 6. What can, uh, no, I'm sorry. Matthew 24. I was going to say, it can't be Matthew 6. Matthew 24. Let's pray this one's right. Matthew 24 and verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Um, there's a lot of different things that we can look through today and for sake of time and lack of memory, we won't. But God knows more than anybody. He knows more than you do. He knows more than your dad does. He knows more than, than anything else. He's a Father that knows literally everything. And this passage is talking about uh, this, this time where heaven and earth shall pass away. No one knows the, the day or the hour. No one knows the time. No one knows when it's going to happen except for one, my Father only, God only. Turn with me to Psalm 147. Lord, please let these be right. Psalm 147. Verse 5, it says, Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. You ever met that bratty kid? Infinity. Well, guess what? My dad 
he can do infinity. He knows everything. First John chapter 3. First John chapter 3 and verse uh, 20 says, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. And we studied through First John uh, a while back now. But here it's talking about uh, truth and lies, the tongue, different things like that. And our heart can condemn us. Um, but it says that God, our Father, is greater than our heart and He knows all things. He knows the situation. Um, I have learned as a counselor the importance of knowing all the information. If you talk to one person, I guarantee you do not have all the information. You've got to hear the other person. Then you have to compare them and put the things that matched up together. Then the things that were contrasted, you have to figure out which of them are true. You can't help someone if you don't know the truth. It's hard, very, very hard. But God knows all things. Um, in Isaiah 41, let's turn here. It's our last passage. Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41 is one of my favorite chapters, but at the end of the chapter, in verse 28, oh, nope, that's not right. Isaiah 40, verse 28, there we go. I thought that sounded weird. Um, it says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the end of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of His understanding. What that means, that last phrase there, there's no searching of his understanding. God knows things that we have not yet discovered. God knows places on this earth that have not yet been discovered. The deepest spot of the ocean that no one's been to, God knows about it. He knows what's there. The strangest looking animal in Africa that no one's found yet, God knows. He placed it there. There's no searching his understanding. God knows more than the common phrases than I'll ever forget. God knows more than anybody. He knows everything. So we couple that all together with all the points together. God is a Father that I can go to. He knows everything. And I can come to Him knowing that God knows everything. God is a God that, that uh, knows my needs. He knows everything. He knows what I need. He knows more than I know that I need it. He knows it. God is a Father that forgives fully. Why? Because He knows. He knows my heart when I'm coming to Him asking for forgiveness. He knows my shame in what I've done. He knows um, what I will do and what I can do and what I'm capable of and what He wants me to do. God knows it all, so He forgives me fully. God is a God that cares about me. Why? Because He knows everything. I mentioned that when we, have a, and when we say no one cares about me, it's often because no one knows what we're going through. God does. That's why God cares. Christ on this earth, when He walked the earth and He... He went through the daily rigors that humans go through. He didn't have to do this, by the way. But He did for simpletons like me because it makes me feel better to know that Jesus went through what I went through. And I know that's silly because Jesus went through so much more than I go through. But my little brain says I can go to God because He's experienced what I've experienced. He's been through the abandonment. 
feeling alone. You think about his time right before the cross when he's praying in the garden. He's saying, Father, if, thou, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. You think he felt like he had a bunch of support around him at that moment? No. About those times he was praying in the garden and he looked around and the disciples were sleeping. I think that's what a pastor feels when he looks around sometimes. Hey, wait a second. Why are you guys sleeping? You see, Christ, he's, he's experienced being alone on this earth, meaning no other people there to help, support, encourage. Christ has been tempted as we have been tempted. Christ loved and lost people and experienced that hurt. Again, God didn't need to. God knew it without experiencing it. But for my brain, it helps me to think he, He's experienced it too. He knows it. He, he knows what I'm going through. He knows everything. God is my Father. That sentence alone should be enough to encourage me to live today with the joy that God has given me. Even though today has not gone as I had planned it to go, God's still my dad. There are many blessings that I think of on Father's Day from my grandfather to my father. But when I really take the time to consider it, there's no greater blessing than having God as my Father. God adopts me into His family. God adopts you into His family. God, God becomes your Father when you become His child, when you accept the gift of salvation. I've met with all of you. I, we don't have any visitors today. I uh, new visitors today, and, and I feel comfortable to to say that, that, that if you were to ask me, I would say God is all of our fathers. But uh, I've learned uh, it's never safe to assume. If God's not your father, I believe you know what needs to be done. And that's a decision you can make today. But if God is your father, then, then rest in the fact that I, you can go to him, that he knows your needs, that he forgives you fully, that he cares about you, and that he knows more than you or anyone else knows. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is all-present. God is everything. And He's my Father. Lord, I love You. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be called Your Son. Yet, as we see in the illustration of the prodigal son, never once do You turn me away. Father, I'm so thankful. You've blessed me in many ways. But God, today I'm encouraged by your word to be reminded of the help that you can be. Just the simple fact that you care. That you'll never leave me nor forsake me. That you'll forgive me any time that I need forgiveness and come to you asking for it. Lord, I'm thankful. God, today is a day that we celebrate our fathers here on this earth. But Lord, I pray that we would take some time to praise you for your goodness to us. 
Lord, help us. Without your help, we can't be the child you want us to be. So help us. Give us the strength. Lord, give us the, uh, the, the fight that we need to stand for you. Lord, help us to be faithful in, in our reading of your word, in our relationship with you. Lord, help us to be faithful in our witness that we would be a lighthouse on a hill that all can see. God, I pray that we would live our life every day remembering, if it be so, that you are our Father. And Lord, today again, we thank you for it. Help us now this day. Lord, I pray that you'd help those that are uh, driving just a little distance today. I uh, pray that you'd uh, help our time to be uh, pleasant. Lord, I pray that you would um, encourage us today. And uh, Lord, may we always see your mercy, your grace and your faithfulness to us. I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right.